I really love that aspect of, of music, just getting to declare things over people, let them put that on and just sit with God, sit in the presence of God and let that just wash over them. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. God gave us a gift of music, and like most of the gifts He gives, it's one that's meant for our enjoyment and edification. Those who have been blessed with the talent of playing an instrument, writing songs, or sharing their voices with the world can bring inspiration and hope to us in a way that is unlike any other. Worship leader Carrie Job and singer Misha Paris join us today for the show. Worship leader Carrie Job has spent her entire life and career using her voice to lead people to the presence of God. Carrie has been in the music space since she was 13, longing to be used by Christ, and has been nominated for a Grammy Award and has won multiple Dove Awards and has an RIAA Gold Certified Single. Carrie is a busy mom of two boys, and along with her husband, they serve at the Belonging Co. in Nashville, Tennessee, and are often hitting the road on tour, making worship a family affair. Hey, it's Carrie Job, and I am a worship leader. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a friend. I fell in love with Jesus when I was a really young girl. I grew up in a Christian home. And so at a young age, I got really impacted by the presence of God, loved leading worship at a young age. I began writing songs when I was 13. And what was really kind of special about that is the little Christian school that I went to at the time, I had a school project that by the end of that semester in my choir class, I had to write a song. And so it just began to cultivate. I mean, I was so nervous the whole semester, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And then getting over that hump when I was 13 and I actually did it. Everyone loved it. We put music to it. It just like, I've always been so grateful they made me do that because it took the fear out of it and it made it tangible. And it made me realize like, oh, this isn't so hard after all. I just have to spend time with Jesus and write from an overflow of my heart. And I just loved it. I've just always wanted to be used by God, whatever that was going to look like. And my, I mean, my greatest desire back then was to do music, was to do worship particularly. And so I really feel like God really honored that, those deep desires, you know, because I've really gotten to walk that out. I always wanted to be able to do ministry with my family because I got to do ministry with my family growing up. And so my parents modeled that so beautifully for me to just do it together. And we, it's not that ministry takes mommy and daddy away, but that we all get to be a team and do it together. And people aren't a threat to family time. People are an addition to family time. So that's what we just want to instill in our boys. We take them on the road full time and we just, we make it fun. There are definitely lots of challenges. You know, it's one of those things where you're just like consistently saying, okay, God, help us know how to navigate this. And for Cody and I, Cody's my husband, I'm just so thankful, one, for the voice of God and for the Holy Spirit's help, you know. And we kind of take it in seasons, you know, in picking a school. We've, we've had to see, hey, would y'all let us take work with us from this little Christian school and things like that. We're going to take it in seasons and what works right now and what works in this season. So 
I think it's a beautiful effect. I think what's beautiful is I love that I get to minister to people. And I think one of the challenges in it is when I'm going through really difficult stuff. I've been so transparent to this point. I've just taken people along that journey too. And my sister went through a really traumatic loss a few years ago at the end of her pregnancy. And we had to say goodbye to our sweet little niece before we got to meet her. And, you know, I brought everybody along that journey with me because I realized that there are people that probably have been through that or a similar thing. And it's like, I need your wisdom and maybe anything I'm learning could be ministry to you. For the last two and a half years, I've been writing for this project and I knew in my heart I wanted it to be a live worship album and really be focused toward church, focused toward songs people could sing. And so when it came time to record, when we felt like it was time to lean in on the project, we really felt like we were going to have to go in with not recording with people in the room because of the pandemic. And so I had to just pivot in my heart and I really had to get alone with the Lord that day and just ask him for his wisdom. And I had to say, do you want me to wait? Or do you want me to just keep moving? And I felt like the Lord was like, I really want you to keep moving forward and planning for this. And so I just began praying that you're going to have to give me your peace to know I can do this without people. To lead worship, you really want to lead people. And there's this uh, camaraderie. There's this beautiful exchange that's happening in the room that as a worship leader, you get to really watch and, and be a part of as you're leading. But what's so sweet is it just... It became so sacred, and it literally now is one of the most sacred and sweet moments I've ever experienced in my life. At the beginning of the year, right before the pandemic hit, we, we released a song called The Blessing. It's a song straight from scripture. It's a blessing over people from number six, where the Lord commands a blessing over his people. And he says to, to pray these words over people, to bless them. And... Uh, in the bridge, we go into just may favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Just speaking life over people, blessing over people. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you. And God promises that that happens when we read the word. You know, he says there's a renewing of our mind and an instilling that happens in our spirit, man, when we read the word and when we focus our thoughts and our heart on him. One of the reasons I love Jesus Calling so much is just finding those things that can pour life in and change the narrative in my mind. And so I always love that Jesus calling comes from that perspective of the father talking to us as his children. And that feels like real relationship. It always just feels so timely. I'm like, oh my goodness, this almost feels like a personal word for my heart today. Like how did this day get written so many years ago, but today it applies so well. That's just such a gift from the Lord. Jesus calling December 22nd. Come to me and rest in my presence. As you ponder the majestic mystery of the Incarnation, 
relax in my everlasting arms. I am the only person who has ever sired by the Holy Spirit. This is beyond your understanding. Instead of trying to comprehend my incarnation intellectually, learn from the example of the wise men. They followed the leading of a spectacular star, then fell down in humble worship when they found me. Praise and worship are the best responses to the wonder of my being. Sing praises to my holy name. Gaze at me in silent adoration. Look for a star of guidance in your own life and be willing to follow wherever I lead. I am the light from on high that dawns upon you to guide your feet into the way of peace. Oh, I just love this one so much. Look forward to the future because God is so faithful. We can look back and see some areas in our lives where we weren't sure what was going to happen, but but God came through. God did a miracle. God changed our perspective. God brought healing. And so I just want to say, let's look to the future and realize that the same God that's walked us through all those other things is the same God that walks with us into our future. So I just blessed you today. To learn more about Carrie's work and her newest album, please visit CarrieJobe.com. Stay tuned to hear another story of faith from singer Misha Paris after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. Focus on the hope we have because of Easter with Jesus Calling for Easter. This meaningful compilation of 50 devotions with stunning imagery will enhance your Easter experience and bring joy to your celebration of Christ's resurrection. Look for Jesus Calling for Easter wherever books are sold. Misha Paris is one of the most well-known and renowned female soul singers in the UK. Her recent work with BBC's documentary, The Gospel According to Misha, The Story of Gospel Music in Six Songs, launched her back into the public eye as she signed a recording deal with Warner to record her most recent album, Gospel. From her Caribbean roots to her life as part of the church, Misha looks back on her family ties as the ones most influential to her success. Hi, I'm Misha Paris. 
and love to everybody. I'm a gospel singer now and also a pop singer and a jazz singer. But my new album, Gospel, is really to talk about where I first came from. I was born in London and my mum and dad came to England when they were really young. They were like five or six. We call it the Windrush generation. My grandparents were the Windrush generation and then they then brought over, you know, their children. And then my mum and dad went to school in the UK and we have this massive church community in the UK because Americans always think, especially black Americans, always assume that it's just them that have that experience, you know. But we had it too. We brought it from the, the Caribbean, you know, we brought the church to, to the UK. So it was like, you know, it was just an amazing experience growing up in the Pentecostal churches. It was fantastic. My grandmother, she was the one that really discovered me as a singer, you know, when I was like six. I was walking around the house and I was singing. There used to be a cartoon that used to come on and it was called Rupert the Bear. And I was walking around singing Rupert. Rupert the Bear. And basically she just had a meltdown and started telling everyone, oh my God, she's got an amazing voice. And then she started to sort of drag me all around the churches as this little, I was like a little prodigy, you know, and I won my first award at 11. And then I got discovered singing in church when I was like uh, 16 and signed them. And um, I said to my grandmother when I was like about eight, nine, I said, you know, I really want to do this for a living. You know, I want to sing everywhere. I want to sing all over the world. I remember saying that to her. She said, well, I'm sure you will do it. <laughs> and that's kind of like when I knew. My dad's very cultured, you know, he would take us to Chinese restaurants and all these different kind of things. Back then, it was very rare to have these different cultures, restaurants in the UK. It was very rare then, you know. And my dad was the one taking us to all these different types of food and stuff like that. My dad's really cultured, very educated guy. So he would start to play me like Marvin Gaye and Miles Davis and, you know, Isley Brothers. And so it was like, you know, starting to hear all that music and that influence. I was like, oh, I've got to make this kind of music, man. I've got to get with this soul stuff. This is really cool. Jesus is cool, man, but I'm done with that now. I need to go and do something else. Then I had to tell my grandparents, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm a bit of a star now. I'm a gospel singer in the UK that everyone knows about because I've been singing in it since I was a kid. You see what I mean? and I'm winning awards and all this stuff. So when I went to my grandparents at 17 saying, um, I want you to sign this deal for me because I got approached to be managed by this fantastic man. They loved him, but they didn't want me to leave the church. And so I literally had to beg them to sign this agreement because I was too young to do it by myself. And in the end they did, they signed it. And then a couple of weeks later, the record was released and the album went straight to number one. I was on top of the pops. I was on all the TV shows. It was, it was massive, big. <laughs> so the, the fame is like a psychosis anyway. You do feel like you're going a little bit mad. Everyone's treating you different. You know, suddenly you're like the second coming. And that's really intoxicating. You're so important to everyone all of a sudden. Everything you say is right. Very cool. <laughs> I had about a 15 year run of everything just being amazing. And then suddenly it starts to go down a bit. And then suddenly you start to, you're not, the records aren't selling as much. And then it starts to go a bit different. And you see at those moments, that's when the faith comes in. Like what we call devotion is like in the morning, I wake up and I have like an hour with him in the morning, read a scripture. And so I always do it at seven because at six, seven in the morning, it's really quiet. You see the devotion is really good because it really gets you in touch with him. 
And if you don't have that little time with him on your own, you kind of feel a bit disconnected if you don't do it for a bit. So you literally have to keep checking in. It's like a check-in, you know? <laughs> Every single disappointment that I've been through, it's my faith that's got me through it. Because that's what grandma always used to say and granddad. They say, whenever you're going through it, Mish, get on your knees. Just get on your knees, girl. And I swear, I don't care if you don't believe in anything, I, but I have to tell you, if I never had that, there's no way I could still be here 33 year, years later and still have my faculties intact. That's the only thing, because there's something that, I don't know what it is, I just feel that my steps have always been ordered you know I feel like even the times when I did forget the faith there was something that was always looking after me the thing about when I was growing up my grandmother I used to get so annoyed with her you know she was like the go-to person for everyone she helped so many people come to Jamaica to London she helped them you know got their first house and stuff like when she died her the church was packed with all these people lining up down the street we were like all these people and these are all the people she'd helped she was that chick she was an amazing woman like that, but kept it strong, you know? And when we were growing up, I was always going to her, why do you help all these people who keep letting you down all the time? And she would always go, you just got to keep being good. It doesn't matter. You just keep being good. And I never used to get it. But that's why she was such an amazing human being, because she was always so forgiving. Mama My fear was I didn't want my gift to suffer because I think the bitterness, if you keep it, it affects the gift because remember the gift is coming from your vessel, you know, and if your vessel is messed up, drugs, bitterness, wicked thoughts, or the voice is messed up by that, you know, the voice is coming from the vessel, you know what I mean? It's God working through you, right? So that vessel's got to be clean. If it's there with all this anger and hate and all that stuff, it's not going to work. I did a massive documentary here about, you know, the origins of gospel music, and that's what set everything off. It's called The Gospel According to Misha. And basically it was massive on the BBC One. Huge, everyone watched it in lockdown, and then I got the deal. They offered me a deal at Warner to make gospel. That's how it all came about. People saw this documentary and were bawling their eyes out. It was amazing. And that's what made me go back. I literally went back to grandma and grandpa, and then suddenly, I got the phone call from Warner offering me a deal. I hadn't had a record deal for 11 years. Yeah, the history of like all of that, like Thomas Dorsey, Amazing Grace, Precious Lord, all of the great songs, and it's just so powerful. It's just, that's how he does it. He was just like, all right, girl, got to come home now. I was like, all right, cool. People say to me now, like, Misha, your voice sounds so different. And I'm telling you, it's, it's literally, it's the journey. What you're hearing is, the, it's, it's the journey. You can't learn that. You are your living testimony. Your life is your voice. If you'd like to learn more about Misha and her new album, Gospel, visit gospel.mishaparis.com. 
If you'd like to hear more stories about recognizing God's blessings, check out our interview with Lacey Buchanan. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we hear from Jesuit priest, Father James Martin, who shares ways we can learn to pray authentically and that prayer is truly for everyone. When I talk to people who are suffering, the key thing I say is be honest. I mean, God wants your honesty. You hear people say, well, you look at yourself compared to someone else, say, in the developing world who doesn't have anything to eat. And that's true. I mean, I think it's good to look at other people's situations so as to get some perspective. But by the same token, everyone's suffering is meaningful to themselves. And it's important to be honest with God. Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Jesus Calling Book, on Facebook, and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.